Have you ever tried to have a conversation with a five-year-old who just wanted to play? Or a teenager that just really didn't want to listen? Or a boss who it was my way or the highway? I think we all have at some point in our lives, and those conversations are typically frustrating. And they're really frustrating because they're one-way conversations. But they're not the only time in our lives when we, we have one-way conversations a lot. The other time is in prayer, often. I don't know if you're like me, but oftentimes I'm at a loss for words. They're, they just don't come to me when I, when I know I need to pray. Or there's full of distractions in the world around me. There's just things happening all over the place. It's probably the closest that some of us get to knowing what it's like to have attention deficit disorder. With just all the things swirling in your head when you know you need to be concentrated on one. And so what do we do when that happens? Well, I'd like to suggest that we take a cue from Daniel, especially Daniel 9. See, what are you praying for today? Are you praying for sobriety or wisdom or health, relationships? Are you plagued with shame and sorrow, regret? Whatever it is that's on your mind and that you're praying for, we can, we can learn from Daniel and his prayer life. We can learn what it means to be in prayer to God. So let's take a look. Daniel 9 is, is a prayer of Daniel going before God for his people. And it starts out this way. In the first year of King Darius' reign, I, Daniel, perceived the books of Numbers, that according to the word of the Lord, the Jeremiah the prophet must pass before. You see, Daniel knew the first thing that needs to happen in our prayer lives is that we've got to be rooted. Right? We learned from the very beginning of the series on Daniel— thriving no matter what hits us, that Daniel had a resolve. He had this knowledge that was gut, heart, and head. And the only way he got that was to be rooted in God's word. So here, Daniel is 80 years old. He's been praying three times a day since the story began. 8,000, or 800, 80,000 prayers plus have been lifted up by Daniel for his people. And here we get a glimpse of how he starts. He starts in the Word. So what is it? What is it that Daniel is reading that's rooting him in God's Word? It's in Jeremiah. And in Jeremiah we read this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. You see, as Daniel is reading, he understood that God was not against his people. He wanted his people to have future and a hope. And he'll call upon me and come and pray, and I will hear you. The words in Jeremiah that Daniel was reading were words of promises. Words of promises that were coming true. And Daniel knew that those words were meant for him, 
and for his people. How many of us have a hard time reading each other's messages, especially when it's in written form, right? I can't be the only one who has accidentally hit caps lock on a text message and get this back. Are you yelling at me? I'm not trying to. But we want people to understand and, and really grab what we're trying to say. It's the inventions of emojis, right? But how often does that actually happen? We find ourselves in written communication oftentimes frustrated and feeling very, very tuned out. Right? Imagine how frustrating it is to God. When we read his word about his character, his love, his grace, his forgiveness, and immediately turn around to talk to him about something else. Being rooted in the word allows us to see the heart of God and what he has in store for us. But so oftentimes we have our own agendas. We have those scattered thoughts that don't, they don't connect with what God is trying to tell us as we're rooted in his word. Being rooted is important. And as we're rooted, it's important to be seeking him. In Daniel's words, then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. You see, when we want someone's attention— We want them to face us, right? Mrs. Franz, as she's trying to get the attention of our choir, she's asking them to look. She wants them to pay attention to her words so she can hear them as well. What would this sermon be like if I just right now turned around and gave it to the wall, ignoring everything else that's going on? That's that's not good. But how often do we do that? We have our own agendas for what we want to pray for and what we want. We're not rooted in God's word, and so we don't turn our face to him. One of the key things for Daniel is seeking him, seeking the heart of God. And this doesn't mean that our prayers are all roses, and they all are perfect We have plenty of examples in the Bible of people who come and they pour out their heart before God. They come to God bearing their souls in their pain, in their agony, in times of strife as well as in times of triumph. Look at these examples. Rebecca cries out, if this this is the way, why should I live? Moses laments, Lord, why have you mistreated this people? Gideon prays, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? When Saul and Jonathan die on Mount Geboa, David intensely grieves over his deep and irreversible loss. And even Jesus on the cross cries out in pain, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, being rooted in God's word, and seeking after him doesn't mean that life is 
going to be okay all the time. It's actually okay not to be okay and to lift that up to the Lord because he knows. He wants to know your heart. And having a face-to-face conversation, seeking him, means you can take that to him. Daniel also understands that a part of his prayer has to be confession. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. See, we need to understand that that God is merciful and gracious beyond anything that we could ever imagine. And we are full of sin, and it makes it hard for us to go to him. It makes it so that distractions come. It makes it so that life gets hard. But no matter what, your great mercy, God's great mercy is for us. 72% of Daniel's prayer in Daniel 9 is spent in confession. And, And here's how it starts. We have sinned and done wrong, acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. Look at those actions. But not only the actions, what's the first word? We. For Daniel, he understood that this is not a those guys over there. It's not, oh, in the past. It's a we problem. It's an us. He's in it. Part of confessing our sins to God is understanding the problem lies within us. Right? Paul writes about it, that there's nothing good that lives within us. So the sin that we hold on to, that burdens us, that grips us, that, that creates fear in our lives, it's about us. But the great news that Daniel knew is that God's mercy is bigger than anything, anything that we could be carrying. And if we confess our sins to God, he is, he is gracious and forgives. Our God is bigger than anything that we could ever imagine. And he listens as we're rooted in his word, as we seek after his face, as we confess our sins that we hold so dearly. And, and, and in our confession, God sees where our heart is. And then Daniel does something that oftentimes we skip. We go on from our prayers to life. But in Daniel's guide to prayer, he has one more step. And that's to listen. To listen to what God is saying to us. At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out. This is an actual thing that happened, right? So Gabriel, this, this passage comes towards the end of Daniel's prayer in verse 23. And it is the angel Gabriel who has come to Daniel in that moment to answer his prayer. And this is how he answers it. At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out. 
there was an actual word that went out. It's a decree from Cyrus that all of God's people could make their way back home. That the remnant of Israel that was scattered, that was scattered, could find their home again. You can read about it in Ezra 1 or Ezra 6, and it's an amazing thing. Daniel's prayer changed history. Daniel's prayer changed history, but it's not just that. Look at it. For you are greatly loved. Gabriel wanted Daniel to know that there is more to the story. There is more to the story than God saving his people. God was actually saving, loving, forgiving Daniel himself. Just as he does with all of us. Some translations will say, for you are greatly valued. You are greatly valued. And how do we put value on anything? How do we put value on something? What is it worth to us? What is it worth to us? Well, what did God say when he said, you are greatly valued? He sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you and for me. When Daniel started his prayer, it was in the afternoon at the time of sacrifice. Guess what else happened in the afternoon, the time of sacrifice on a Friday? God heard the prayers of his people, and Jesus died on a cross. So that all those promises that, that were in the book of Jeremiah, and that Jesus made while he was here on earth, and all the promises would be made true. That we would have access to go to God in prayer. Even when we don't know how to pray, Jesus makes a way for us. There's going to be times in the next day, in the next week, in the next month, where you're going to find yourself saying, how, how am I supposed to pray? What am I supposed to do? My hope for you is that you can, you can think back to Daniel 9 and, and take, take a cue from Daniel's guide to prayer. And be rooted in the word of God. Keep seeking after his heart. Confess your sins before him because he is gracious and forgives us all our sins. And then take a moment to listen. You know, Jesus' disciples asked one thing of Jesus. And that was for them to teach them how to pray. And prayer is the only thing that, that is promised to us that God will listen. That, that whole verse that we've heard, sing, sang about and everything. Ask, seek, knock. God wants to hear our prayers and he wants us to listen to his response. Daniel knew that he was a loved and forgiven child of God. He was connected into the mighty and gracious power of God through prayer. My hope is that you also know that you are a loved and forgiven child of God because of Jesus and have a hope. And because of that, we can go to Jesus in prayer and he hears us. And that is amazing. 
I invite you to stand as we pray about that. Dear Jesus, we thank you for today. We ask that you would be with us when we don't know how to pray. That you would remind us to be rooted in your word, to seek after you, to confess our sins, and to take a deep breath and listen. Lord, just remind us of that this week. It's in your name we pray. Amen.